This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, uh, there is a tweet from our good Mm -hmm. friend Jay Blaze NYC. If the Knicks, RJ, IQ, Grimes, OB play well, and we win the Cavs series and then go six or seven in round two, would this be the offseason Leon and West decide to strike while the iron is hot? And he also says that his Giants are taking a corner in round one of the draft. Okay. Mark that down. Uh, I mean, maybe, but you have to have something to strike the iron for. So those guys could play amazing. The, the, all those guys could play out of their minds. And, and the Knicks could even win the second round series. Yeah. And Woo-hoo. get to an Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, and that would be amazing. Would be, oh, the city would be on fire. It would be on fire. <laughs> and and the Knicks could properly identify. You know what? We're we we should. We, this is the time to move this guy and that guy and this guy because they played over their heads. But if there's not a superstar that's available, I mean, these guys have been here for three years, and the one superstar that are, I don't even know that he's a superstar. He's played like a superstar this year. We'll mm-hmm. throw him in the conversation. It's Donovan Mitchell. That's the yeah. one guy that's become available in three years. So yep. it doesn't. It, it's not a foregone conclusion that there'll be somebody of that ilk available this offseason, even if those guys play great. No. and But then again, Gordon, and not that I'm pushing him, but he's the guy that's been rumored and he's answering questions, he being Luka Doncic. He's the guy that's been answering questions. Is he going to be that disgruntled guy? Is he going to be that guy? And now he says he's good now. But is he going to be that guy in a couple of months where, you know, they don't do anything for him? They don't add. I mean, they brought in Kyrie Irving. Looks like if we take, you know, Mark Cuban at his word, he said that their priority is mm, to make sure yes. they resign. Lock Kyrie him up. Irving. Lock him All up. Right? So, Yay! They're gonna, so they're going to resign him. Yeah, get that done. You know, and so, I mean, I just don't know who the next disgruntled superstar is going to be. I don't know. I don't know. I, I saw something is. today that Damian Lillard wants uh, the Portland Trailblazers to build something around him, and he doesn't want mm-hmm. young guys. He wants established guys. Yeah, he wants to stay. Yeah, he wants to stay there. So if you scratch him off the list, uh, if you if you scratch, uh, you know, Luca, I don't think is at that stage yet. Usually, no. you see these things coming down the road. Mm-hmm. They don't all of a sudden become available. So if you leave that one out there as a possibility down the road, and not right now, scratch him off the list. Who's the other superstar? That's why these things don't happen that often. There's not that yeah. many superstars. And yeah. and these teams will do anything. They'll move hell or high water to make sure they keep these guys satisfied. Absolutely. That's why, Gordon, you have to make your own. You have to draft your own and try to, you know, it's hard to do. But that's why you need your scouting system to really pick out who the best players are and try to draft them when you have that opportunity. Okay, because and, and you could be wrong. Like... The folks who drafted Zion Williamson. Gordon, yep. who, I mean, we were sitting here like, oh, the Knicks have to get Zion. The Knicks have to get Zion. This, the, he would be, oh, this is what the Knicks need. The Knicks need Zion, Zion, Zion. And he's played, he hasn't even played, he hasn't played a full season total. Larry, <laughs> he has played in fewer games, significantly fewer games than Ben Simmons over the last four years. Incredible. And Ben Simmons is the poster child for sitting out. It's incredible. And he had such talent. He's still, he's still, he's still a young, talented guy. 
And they maxed him out. They just gave him the max contract. All right, so let's let's run down the list. Here, I got a list here of the top players in the NBA. Okay. Let's 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 run down who we think could be available at some point in the foreseeable future. Uh, describe d- define foreseeable future. Well, two years, three years. Yeah, two years in the okay. next year and a year plus this okay. offseason into next year. Okay, got it. Jokic, no. no. Giannis, Giannis, no. Giannis, no, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. Embiid, no. I would say no. The but if only they lose, silver line. But if, if they if go out in the first were, round. <laughs> right. If they got knocked out in the first round, all bets are off. But more than likely, no. <laughs> Joe's Steph Curry. Optimistic. No. No. He loves uh, Luca. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll leave him on the side for right now, but probably no. He's probably also not. probably no. Yeah, probably not. Durant. Not here. But not I here. Be surprised no, he's not coming not here. His... Right. He's not an option. <laughs> he may be going somewhere else. Right. Tatum. No. No. Not here. No. No. Uh, Lillard. No. Kawhi. Right. He, he's in the maybe slightly if I skew my eyes in a certain way, exactly. possibly. Yeah, exactly. Devin Booker. No, I don't think he's there. Anthony Davis. No, please no, don't bring no. it. LeBron. No, no, no. no. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Obviously not. No. Had your chance. John ja Morant. No, no. Uh, Jimmy Butler. No, no. James Harden. No. Sabonis. I don't think so. He 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 would be interesting in what he does, but mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think, so. think the King, the Kings finally made the playoffs yeah, the first time in twenty five years. No. I don't think they get rid of him anytime soon. No, um, uh, Jalen Brown. He maybe. possibly, maybe, possibly, he's right. going to go somewhere because you keep hearing it. Yeah, there's, there's nobody. But see what you see. Now we're twenty people deep in the NBA, yeah. and we haven't gotten to a yes yet. That's right. Yeah, tells you all you need to know. Paul George, no. Bam Adebayo, no. I don't know if he's a suit. He's a, you know, yeah, I mean, like we're star. starting to fade away from superstars. Yeah. Siakam yeah. with the the, the Raptors. I would say maybe, but I feel maybe. like I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get held up. <laughs> They're gonna take Leon Rose and hold him by his ankles and shake every nickel out. You know, because I don't, I don't they'll know hold if you it's up. Him. I don't know if it'll be him because I don't think they'll let him go. But it might be somebody. But we're talking stars. Mm-hmm. But it might be somebody from that team. But I don't see it being him. I think I think Toronto will keep him. He's the link to the, he's the link to their uh, you know the championship. Yeah, Van Fleet. The, you know you keep hearing that he's going to be dealt with mm-hmm. this offseason. Trey Young, no. Halliburton with the Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton. No, I don't think so. I don't he's think so he's played well there. Yeah, and it's not really a fit for the Knicks here. No, not now. And then twenty five is Julius Randle. So now we're twenty five deep. And we no. haven't gotten anywhere close to one that you'd say, yeah, oh yeah, that's gonna that, that's gonna shake loose. Yeah. We know what that means. Nobody's coming. Nobody's <laughs> coming. 
Yeah, I mean, well, that, I mean, and, and in fairness, after the whole year with, with Durant and Kyrie, everybody was on the same page. And we yep. all said the Knicks are going to have to build something themselves and, mm-hmm. and credit them. And over the last three years, have kind of built something themselves. Yeah. Made a couple but, of deals. Yeah. Signed but a free agent. Every step up that ladder becomes more and more difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely. And pressurized because you're still expected to get better. Mm-hmm. You're still expected. Progress. Yeah, you're, you're, because this is a team. And, and we know they're, no, they're not close to a championship. We understand that. They're not even close to a conference championship right now. All right? From a talent standpoint. They're not close. We understand that. But you're still expected to get closer every year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they tinker a little bit. And so right now the question is, will there be somebody that, you know, we're not even thinking about that the – that the deal is so good, the team says, well, he's in the last year, last year, two, two years, last year of his contract. There's going to be warts. Yeah. The person you get is going to have warts, yes. which is why Nick fans should probably hope that Zion does not become available. Yeah. Because the next person that becomes available that has any even remote ties to the Knicks, yes. they are not going to be nearly as hesitant. Nope. They're going to make a move because they, they're going to feel that they have to because of what has happened with the Donovan Mitchell situation. There's no question. They're going, to make, they're going to make a move. And the Zion one has been, you know, before been he floated got out again, there. Yep, was absolutely. Going back to Duke with the draft that year That's and right. him asking, being asked about playing at the Garden. It's mm-hmm. always kind of been some nebulous thing that's out there, but it's out there. Yeah. And listen, if you're the Pelicans, at what point do you say, "Yeah, we got to get rid of him"? He's played 114 I mean, games, Larry, in four years. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> you gonna give him one more shot? When do you say enough is enough? He's never gonna play for us. Let's just move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I mean, I gotta be honest with you, and it's just me. It's not my money or anything. I would not have given him that extension. He hadn't deserved it and played. But that's a perfect example. These teams, Larry, they, they get one of these guys. And he is, when he plays, he plays like a superstar. He just doesn't ever play. Well, and these teams, they bend over backwards to give these guys contracts because, you know, if you're New Orleans, you're not getting anybody to go there outside of the draft. You, you got one avenue. That is winning the lottery. And as soon as you win the lottery, you're on the clock. And I don't mean the clock for the draft. You're on the clock for when that guy wants to leave New Orleans. Yeah, it's true. That's why New, or- New Orleans is one of those places that's great for a weekend, but after a while you get a little burned out as a, as a tourist. You know, there's only so yeah. much you can take. It seems like that sure. way with players, too. <laughs> they can't take it down there after a while. You're correct. You are right. That's the way it is. It really is. We'll continue the conversation here on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. On 98.7 ESPN. 945, 950, right there. A special edition of Answers with that. Oh, my God. The the, uh, praise, the compliments are going to be flowing tonight. Yes. Yes. Offense, defense, pitching, bullpen, (laughs) everything. Will there be will there be an Aaron Hicks mention? Oh, you know, there's got he'll go out of his way to bring up Aaron Hicks. Again, Larry, 
it might be time to talk contract extensions. No, it's time to talk trade. Let's go. Let's get them out of here. Let's go right now. <laughs> Got to be somebody that can want him. Trade. This is the time. Gordon, he'll never be better. <laughs> no, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> this is the final stage of the Yankeeography. This is the, the final. This is it. This is where it goes. This yep. is where it... Now, for tomorrow's show. Yeah. It is obviously a one an afternoon game. Will, mm -hmm. will you be able to avoid Aaron? I Gordon will avoid. Yes. You sure? Okay. Yeah. You know, I find now because these games fly by so quickly. I don't. I, I, I'm all. I, I have so much more free time that I just yeah. kind of. I just move on to other things. Yeah. Because they fly by so quickly. They do. It's it's a world of difference, Gordon. And the kids are off this week, so oh. to get the 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 two hours to watch the game in peace will be difficult enough. <laughs> I'll be dealing with it. I, I can't even tell you the things I have to deal with. But that means the wife is home too. No, no, they don't have the same spring break. Oh, so the, no. the so the week that she's off, uh, you know, she's she's around, <laughs> and, and then the week that they're off, I get to hear her complain how they're off and she's not. Now oh I bring God. up the point that you were off last week. That does uh -huh. not seem to do much. And then I the bring up the fact. I bring up the fact. Some people work both weeks. Ooh. You know, so, some people are working all the time. <laughs> oh, oh. That, that does, that, that, that's an even less persuasive argument. Do you get the eye roll? <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get something. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it is. But I do get – there is a reaction. I will put it down. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it was. I'm yeah, sure there was. There is a reaction, yes. I felt it here when, yeah. you, when, you, when you mentioned that you said Yeah, that. It's, it's chilly. It is Ooh. chilly. It is chilly. Yeah, something went right down my back. <laughs> it's like a cold chill. Woo. Yeah, I know, I know. But see, for me, it started when you said she's around. <laughs> right. Well, you know, she's good at. Absolutely. She's got her own things to do. Of course. She realizes that I'm. She's happy that she's happy that the kids mm -hmm. are in school and you're doing something. Yeah, I'm doing she has something. Her own business. Yeah, exactly. She's good. Man, it's, it's it's a fun week in the Damer household. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> That's why this 7 o'clock show was good for you, right? Oh, it's wonderful. I, I go upstairs. Everybody's getting ready for bed. Oh, it's great. Nice. It's perfect. That's what I need. I need. Yeah. I, I, might, I might tell her I got the, the Dan Gross and moved on to, the, to other things. <laughs> <laughs> Dan left the station, sweetie. He's, uh, he's, he went to some other station, and I'm going to be down in the basement. I, I'm not going to be talking very loudly, but I'll mm -hmm. be down there. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll just start shouting for no reason. I'll just yeah, come course. down here and, and watch the game. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, i tell you this. Um, it, it's really – I don't know if baseball can do anything else that, that, has, that has really – that everybody agrees was a good thing. With the pitch clock and all this other stuff, the speed of the game, mm -hmm. is just, it's so different, Gordon. It's so different. It's a world of difference. It has to be the most significant rule change in the history of sports. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even I don't even know what you could, could possibly compare it to. Mm. I mean, I, I, the, the most significant one to me before this was when they added the yellow line on the TV mm -hmm. broadcast for the first down. But that's not wow. really a rule change, but yeah, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's progress of something that you didn't have before. And as soon as you saw it, you're like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Yeah. But yep. this is this is clearly better than that. Yeah, it is. It is. And it just it, it's man, world of difference. And yeah, just imagine I, in the summer. 
Oh. You've got other stuff to do, and you could sit yes. and watch a game. Just whoosh. right, the game has done, and the game has pace. The game, mm-hmm. it would be one thing if these games were flying by and every game was one nothing because right, of it. but that's right. not the case. You're still you're still getting all the stuff that you get it mm-hmm. ordinarily, and you're just getting it in a more compressed package. Yeah, it's been right. it's been it's it's been fantastic, and uh, you know the only downside is now that baseball will probably think, hey, look how good this one was. We got other rules, ch- and and the next rule changes will be, do- you know, three run ball or something. You know, you know how they the, the the dopey things that they come up with with the ghost runner and all those. Yeah, all that stuff. I, I'm, like, I'm I'm convinced that the next rule change will not be nearly as as good as this one. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, look at this Met game for instance. I mean, it's a two one game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Gordon, the first pitch was like seven ten, right? In the bottom of the eighth, it's nine twenty three. I know it's fantastic. It's the game might the be eighth. over before we even talk to Alan. Exactly, Hall. it could be, especially with the Mets are hitting tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, I thought Very they were changing that patch on the sleeve for Presbyterian Hospital. Yeah, yeah. I thought that I thought they're they going to make it more Met. Rela- it looks like a big pizza box right now. It does. Yeah, it does. They got to change the colors work. on that. Yeah, maybe next home stand they'll get it done. Yeah, because right now it looks it's it's, you it's know. a little it's a little usually it's a little you get obvious. Used to these things. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> obvious. Yeah, it's it a little obvious. I mean, the Motorola on the Padres uniform not is doesn't just jump right out at you. Is this no, one no, and that kind of looks more. Even though it's the Padres, it looks like it's part of the uniform more. This yes. looks like something. They just slapped on there at the last minute. It's, yeah, it does exactly. not. It does not mesh. You know, orange, blue, and red. Yeah, no. Sale just came in. Get it done. <laughs> they paid. Get it done. That's exactly. what they're doing. That's what they're doing. No doubt about that. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, um, Gordon. This was. I, I can't blame Peterson. This is a well pitched game by him. Not that it, once oh, again no. it's not over yet. Yeah, but no, I mean, he did, this, he did a great job. He's been good. He has he's, been good. He's been he's been kind of what you needed here. Uh, yeah. With the other questions about the rotation, I, I know mm-hmm. he hasn't been good all the time, but um, you, you kind of hope that with the questions about other guys, that that this is the time that he's going to step up. Now, it was a, the Milwaukee start? He was bad. Yeah, but uh, otherwise he's been pretty but good. Yeah, two out of three, right? I mean, Tyler McGill is going tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's interesting, and Joe and I were talking about this during one of the breaks, Blake Snell is going for. For San Diego, I thought he was going to be like an ace for the Padres, just nah, especially the way he pitched in Tampa. Yeah, you just oh. wait him out. You just let him throw some pitches, and he'll be gone by the fifth, and then you get into the bullpen. He just hasn't. He hasn't made the transition at all. Well, he's one of those the, one of those Rays guys. Those Rays guys when they leave Tampa for what we talk about guys when they leave Houston. Yeah. The Rays, nobody does a better job of self-evaluation than the Rays. You, you, the Rays trade you somebody, watch out. The, for some, yeah. Somehow, by hook or by crook, they're not going to be nearly as good for you as they were for them. Yep. Well, it's, it's, it's appeared that way, especially with, uh, you know, uh, Snell here and uh, the catcher who's now in Cleveland, Zamino. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, what did he have, like 33 home runs a couple of years ago? He he was, is, he's always been a good power bat. Not not a whole lot of average in that bat, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Rays. That's for for all the people who can criticize analytics. Oh, the Yankees—they're too involved in the analytics. No, they're just not doing it right. The, the Rays <laughs> do it right, and they do an amazing job. They sure do. And they've got the record this year to prove it, right? So yeah. far, it was like you know, it was like back in high school when I used to do uh, trig or algebra. 
the mm-hmm. problem wasn't the algebra. The problem was me doing the algebra. Yeah, the algebra exactly. was right. The, the algebra knew what it was doing. I just couldn't comprehend the algebra. Yeah, you you and algebra were speaking a different language. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I know somebody who's going to speak the same language as us about the Knicks. That's Alan Hahn. We'll hear from him next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. On 98.7 ESPN. He is Alan Hahn, who has been very, very, Gordon, very vocal. You heard some of the, the promos? He's been, he's been a little, little agitated by, by folks of late. That time of year. I know. I know. People, he, the one thing I'll say about Alan from working with him at nights, he is, and I agree with him, hates mis- misinformation and will call you out if you say it. We'll let you have it. We'll let you have it. Hi, Alan. How we doing, guys? We're I mean, the only way to keep is accountability. Accountability is all, all we have to do, right? It's important in this business. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. All right, Alan, let's, let's look at this series now. Tell, take me through the different uh, Julius Randle scenarios. Uh, if the ankle, does it affect his jumping ability? Does it affect his move laterally? Does it affect him defensively? What is, what is the, the worst-case scenario for the Knicks of those? Well, the worst case scenario is that he can't can't play on it, and that you know then he's not available to the team. That's the worst case scenario, and right now that doesn't seem to be the case. Now he's not he's not in full contact five on five, but as Tom Thibodeau said today, he did participate in some things in practice, and that the day to day he's progressing. Uh, the words of Tom Thibodeau was each day he's getting better. You know they don't let media watch practice, so there's not a lot of evidence you know that anybody can just see him out there but all you can go on is what they're telling you and then on top of it you know as of course tom was asked so can we expect to see him you know ready for game one and he's like well that's you know that's saturday so you know we don't we, you know which is great he, i imagine he'll be questionable up until tip-off <laughs> like, like i just feel like they'll do it that way because you know that's they want to keep him guessing but Knowing Julius Randle, it, it would take a lot to keep him out of this series for him to not even try it. And the fact that he was even out of a walking boot, the fact that he's on the court doing some running, doing some stuff, tells you that you know at least he's close enough to think that he will give it a he will give it a go. Uh, what they get, what what capacity he'll be, I have no idea. I, I really don't. But I just think his presence alone is important to keep the Cavs honest having to guard somebody of his caliber so they don't have to focus all their attention on Jalen Brunson. Alan, the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of this. The Knicks have to do this. The Knicks have to do that. The Knicks have to win this playoff series to validate the season. I think it's ridiculous. I think the Knicks have already had a fantastic season. The season's already been a success. Uh, What's your read on this series? And is there anything the Knicks have to do in your eyes? to validate this season. Well, Gordon, I guess, I guess you hated everything I've had to say about this series because <laughs> I feel like they have to win this series. I feel like that it's because of who they're playing against. Uh, I think they can win the series. You know, I think they should win the series. I mean, so that's why I feel like it would be a disappointment if they don't. I know they're the fifth seed. I completely understand that. But the opponent they're playing doesn't have a ton of playoff experience they are they're good, 
but they're certainly beatable. But I just keep going back to that. That we know the 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 inescapable narrative that is going to come, whether you agree with it or not, whether you think it's fair or not, it doesn't matter. What's going to be talked about is that you could have had Donovan Mitchell chose not to get him, and if you lose to him in the first round, he's the reason why you still haven't won a playoff series in in a decade. So you know, I, I just feel like not that the players care about that crap. We do. I mean, that's all our stuff. But it's still there. There is an urgency right now because they'd already made the playoffs two years ago, a one and done when they were the higher seed, and they kind of you know gentlemen sweep. I mean that 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 the way they left that series was kind of embarrassing after the Absolutely. season that they had. Absolutely. And yeah, and then last year's setback was even more of a concern. And then ten and thirteen to start the season, alarm bells were ringing. So I feel like. To really establish what they've set now over these last couple of seasons, you got to win a playoff series, and this is a winnable one. And so I, I feel like to leave the season feeling like this was a good season, this was a step forward. I think you got to win the series. That's just how I feel. If they, if, sorry, Larry, if, if they mm-hmm. play six hard-fought games and lose the series, better than they were two years ago, not exposed in some way like they were in two years ago. You won't be able a week after the season, after that series is over. You won't be able to look back and say, you know what, Nick still had a successful season. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a failure, but when you tell me six hard-fought games, that means they lost at home. That means they lost the series at home. I don't like that. So you know, again, I, I'm not, I, I'm not somebody like Stephen A. talked last week, and you know, he did this. You know, he said failure, and I won't go that far. It's not a failure because. This season established some young players that you drafted that have really taken a step forward that you are building pieces, you know. So, yeah, I don't want to, you know, Jalen Brunson, I mean, you know, gloriously we have a point guard. Hallelujah, we have a point guard, right? So, it's not a failure. But I would be disappointed. I'd be I'd be terribly disappointed. Now, if you tell me it's seven hard-fought games, it's like an epic series of just back and forth, and, you know, they just lose game seven on the road, you know, maybe I can walk away from that thinking, all right, well, you didn't have home court. They had advantage of it. You know, they, they had the home crowd. Maybe they got some whistles, whatever it is, and they won the series in seven. Yeah, I, I can I can probably look at it like, all right, so they've kind of reestablished that whatever happened last year, throw that out. And so, it's this, you know, two of the last three years, they're a legit playoff team, and now how do we advance the cost? Like, I think I, a week later, I'd probably – already be thinking about, okay, what do they got to do now to advance the car? How do they got to get better? What are they still missing? But, you know, losing in six on your floor, losing in five, like those are the kinds of things that be hard for me to just walk away and I feel like, man, like just still not enough. You know, that that's the part I think, especially if you're playing the Sixers, you're playing the Celtics, if you're playing the Bucks, you know you're not at, at that class yet. But this is a team that when you think about, when you do the tail of tape, very, very close, these two teams. So that's why I feel like a loss would be terribly disappointing. Alan, who do you think will have the better, and this is a weird question, so I'm, I'm prefacing it. Who do you think will have <laughs> the better series? Is it R.J. Barrett or will it be the Nick bench? I think the bench will be fine. I think the bench is going to play very well. I don't know how much of the bench we're going to see. I think, you know, it'll be eight-man rotation and that ninth guy – Obi Toppin depends on Julius Randle's availability. Um, 
and also how the series is going because I think I think Obi can bring you a lot as a um, as a guy that can open the game up. You know, the, the Cavs want to play slow. They play the slowest pace in the league. And what we saw two Fridays ago in Cleveland was Obi in the third quarter opened the game up just by his ability to leak out, text them sleeping. You know, their bench has a couple of guys that are heavy-footed uh, that aren't very aware, more offensive-minded guys. And he took advantage of that a couple of times on turnovers, on, def- on, on uh, defensive rebounds, by just get- getting down the floor fast because he's a gazelle. He's quick. And those momentum buckets really helped turn the game. So, And then his ability to shoot the three. I, I think, you know, when he got into rhythm, as you saw as a starter, you see when he gets into rhythm and gets minutes, he's a better shooter than maybe he shows throughout the season. Um, but now you're asking which who will have a better series, and I'm also now going to add more. I'm going to put more fuel to the fire. I'm sure Gordon's going to throw up when I say this. <laughs> but And I don't blame you, Gordon. I don't, because I usually hate this crap too, but I'm feeling it, so i got to say it. I think R.J. Barrett, this is a critical series for him. No this is very important for him to play well. But he should be a guy that is a difference maker in this series. And it's not really a one-on-one with him and Donovan. But if it were me, oh, hell yeah, I'd take this personal. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not losing this series. And you're not going to make me the reason why we lost this series. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I'm not the reason why we lose the series, that I'm the reason why we win this damn thing. Because a lot of people are going to say they should have traded for Donovan. They should have traded you. And I'm not going to let that happen. I'm not going to let that narrative even get it to anyone's mind by the way I'm going to play over these next two weeks. So I feel like he's got to have a great series. Not good. He's got to have a great series. He's got it in him. He can, but he has not played well down the stretch here. And so hopefully this week, you know, he can get right. But I feel like if the bench has a bigger impact than he does in this series, it doesn't bode well for the Knicks. How much evaluation do you think comes out of this series? Like how guys individually play? You mentioned, I think the main one would be R.J. Barrett, and that's fair because the season mm-hmm. uh, has been yeah. very inconsistent, very inefficient, uh, pretty much throughout. Uh, who else do you no. think the how else do you think the evaluation of this series goes um, as this series goes, Alan? Uh, it's, it's a great question because I do think, you know, at the end of each season, you kind of evaluate what you need and how do you get that. You know, I always use the phrase advance the cause. And I feel like, remember, after the Hawks series, there was a lot of overreaction. And one of the overreactions was you need more playmakers. And they went and signed Evan Fournier and they let Reggie Bullock go. And what you didn't realize was that Reggie Bullock could shoot threes, but he could defend. And that was value. And instead, you have Evan Fournier, who can shoot threes, but we all know he can't defend. So it wasn't, you know, maybe he was an upgrade offensively, but that was a major downgrade defensively. And then, boy, did that affect them last year to a point now he doesn't even play. So you can overreact. Like, I'll remember, I'll go all the way back. And, Larry, you remember this. The Knicks lose to Roy Hibbert and the Pacers. Oh, God. And Tyson Chandler wasn't 100% in that series, as we know. Mm-hmm. But they lose that series in 2013 when they should have been in the conference final against the Heat. When I mean, everybody's looking forward to that matchup because that team was built to to go up against that Heat team. They don't get through that series for for various reasons that I'm not going to waste your time with. But if, number one, two, or three was not Roy Hibbert. But because Roy Hibbert dominated the series the way he did, the Knicks overreacted and felt, we need to get a stretch five. We need to get somebody that gets out of the paint to get guys like Hibbert away from the basket so Melo can score and Amari can score. 
And they went and they traded for, say it with me, Larry, Andrea Bargnani. Oh, God. And that was an overreaction. <laughs> well, overreaction. That was a bad move. <laughs> and it was a bad move. Yeah, it was a bad move, but it was an overreaction. Yeah. So you don't want those. But I do think that, and along with it, answer to your question, Gordon, I think the assessment's going to be whatever happens in these playoffs, it's got to be my favorite phrase how do we advance the cause now? Because you're a playoff team that's established. You're good enough to not have to be in a play, and you're good enough to be a top six. You're good enough that, you know, considering the way the season started, you probably could have arguably been a top four team. And they've played top four basketball since that day, that since that December 4th day when the lineup changed. They were a top four in the East team. So you could argue they are a home court advantage team in the East as a whole. But how do you now make them a contender? And I think that's the stuff you start to assess is what's missing that can get them to that point. Alan, Josh Hart has been a godsend for this team. I think Gordon said it best when he said he is a Tom Thibodeau type player. Oh, yeah. What role does his role become even more valuable in the postseason where the game tries to slow down a little bit? It's a little more physical, you know, and, you're trying to make sure you you lock in lock down your your opponent the threes and you know we could sit here and talk for hours about the Knicks inconsistency closing out the threes but the role that mm-hmm. he's made I mean he he just seems I I'm expecting big things from him in the postseason. Yeah, I agree with you. Remember, this is his first his first uh, run at it. So he, he you know in college all he knew was winning you know and and yet he got to the NBA. And he was, I think, fourth most games played without a playoff appearance in the NBA, active players. Mm. So, yeah, it, it's, it's been some time for him. And Buddy Heald, by the way, is number one. He's got over 500 games. Remember, he was in Sacramento for all these years. Now he's in Indiana. But so for, for Josh Hart, it's first, his first experience. But because of, like, he's a vet and you know how he plays, I don't imagine he's going to be overwhelmed. Now, the game slows down, but I think he won't. And that's important because what that's the element that he's brought is he comes off the bench and the game just suddenly changes his, his ability to get the 50, 50 balls, long rebounds, you know, turnovers, deflections. He just seems to always get to the ball and then to turn that into points, the Knicks, since they got Josh Hart have been exponentially better in points off turnovers and fast break points since he's joined the team, all because of the motor that he now brings into the game. But I'll tell you what, guys, the bigger I think the bigger element that he has also brought, especially in this series, that you're going to see, or I expect to see, is as we know, Quentin Grimes always gets the assignment of playing the other team's best player. That's just what he has taken on in his second year, and he's done it pretty well. But now with Josh Hart, Quentin Grimes doesn't have to be the only guy that guards, you know, Donovan Mitchell. Now you get waves of bodies that you throw at a guy like Mitchell. So Grimes will start off, then you'll get Josh Hart for a while, then Grimes again. You know, like it's like to me that's that's something important that you can just keep throwing uh, somebody at him that is capable enough to guard him, and yet no one is draining their battery in that game and using up all their fouls as well. That's critical, especially in the playoffs, because as you know, the whistles sometimes they don't come, and then other times they come too many times. And so if Grimes gets two quick ones, fine. Josh Hart got you. Like, you're not undermanned in the ability to guard the other team's best player. 
that's what I think more of what Josh Hart brings is all the intangibles, but then that extra layer of a, a elite defender on the wing against a quality scorer with six fouls. Yeah, I, I, and he's tough. That's exactly – I think that's the exact kind of stuff that I think Tom Thibodeau will utilize in this series. Alan, last one from me. Uh, I know the Knicks front office is very tight-lipped, but have you heard any reaction from people within the organization to the stunt that the Dallas Mavericks pulled last week? No, they. you know, it's funny. Um, the one thing that Tom Thibodeau has demanded of everyone is no outside distractions. You know, right now it's just worry about what's in front of you and all that other stuff doesn't matter. Now, front office, which is outside of the, you know, the daily team stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they see, you know, well, all right, there was an opportunity to get a pick and it was taken away. Now, technically what Dallas did isn't against any kind of rules. It's just bad sportsmanship. I mean, you just you purposely lost so you wouldn't lose a draft pick that was part of a 1 through 10 protection in a deal that was made, what, five years ago? So, You know, you understand it. You don't like it, but there's nothing the Knicks can do about it. I'm curious to see what the league does, though. Now, I don't think the league's going to reward the Knicks the pick, but I wonder if the league would do something to Dallas with that pick to make sure that it's not the value. Now, they can't they can't mess with the lottery, but they can that there can be something that is done um, to set. I think to send a message around the league that you know you don't do this. This seven ten play in was brought in so no one would tank. And you have an opportunity, you're half game out, and you decide to just blow the season instead of playing for a play in spot. It's a bad look. And the league the league is investigating all of it for good reason. Um now the funny thing would be, of course, if the lottery balls fall and they oh, drop a spot, God, which is still it's technically possible. They should force that happens, uh, Cuban the to the walk pick. the pick over to the next table. That would be sensational. <laughs> After the lottery, this happens. Yes, force yes, <laughs> to walk right over. Wouldn't that La- be something, though? It would be great. The new frozen envelope. That would be great. <laughs> Last one, Alan. Which has been more fun for you? Is it covering the Knicks as a, as a beat writer, uh, doing a game on TV, or doing a game on radio? I mean, sitting sitting next to Mike Breen at courtside at Madison Square Garden, calling a game on MSG is one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had in my entire career. And it's like one of those moments that you just think about, you know, when I was a kid and I heard Marv Albert and John Andres, you know, and John Andres was like a hero of mine. Um, and just to sit there thinking to yourself, like, I, I, I joke around and call it, I was in Mike Breen fantasy camp, you know, <laughs> like I got the opportunity to sit there and call a game and, and, uh, and do a bunch of games this season on TV. So that that's one of those things that if you told me even in college, like, Hey, you're, you're going to one day do that. I laughed at you. Like, there's no chance that's ever happening. Like I would never believe it. So that, that was a dream. That's absolute dream come true kind of thing. And it still feels like a dream. So I, I would put that at the very, very top. Alan, thanks for a couple of minutes. We'll be listening tomorrow with you and Bart from noon to 3. And, uh, of course, watching you on MSG with all the Nick coverage and possibly hearing you on the radio, too, doing the game. Yeah, you never know. Hey, guys, thanks so much. Gordon, I'm sorry I made you sick, but, you know, you know how (laughs) you have to be honest about this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Alan, take care. Thanks a lot. We'll wrap up the show. If we have time, Answers with Aaron. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This 
is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.